<laughs> Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here of the Raptors Digest reacting to the Toronto Raptors 126 to 124 loss, Riker. This was <laughs> This was a messy game from start to third quarter, then the Raptors come back and they just bait us. They bait us Raptors fans into thinking we have a turnaround in the game and we bring it back to within two and then just choke it down the stretch. What were your thoughts on this game overall, Riker? Kyle Lowry is a problem child right now for the Raptors, Ben. He's been ejected twice in the sequence of the last three games, four games. His chippiness is not translating to wins. It's just pulling this team apart, Ben. And I'm giving him the Walmart hat early, but I want to break out my other hat because I took all the time and effort to make my pylons don't shoot seven threes hat from the last video if you saw it you know so i'm gonna say it early if you're a fan of the channel if you're watching this video if you like this hat it's not super relevant for this one hit a like subscribe to the channel but ben this one to me is maybe the worst loss of the season it's the sacramento kings they're a terrible franchise they're plagued the raptors weren't even close in this one until the very end then pascal siakam goes and misses a free throw free ben i'm putting the emphasis on not even a defender around you're missing those kyle Lowry gets ejected it it was hard to watch yeah and he brought up the points with the sacramento kings this is a team that we smoked early in the season it was one of those wins that kind of turned the year around for us and the raptors just came out of this uh, started off throughout the middle of this game, looked dejected. They weren't playing defense. It was absolutely horrific on that end of the floor, letting guys like Harrison Barnes, Halliburton sort of pick us apart with his passing, De'Aaron Fox, Rashad Holmes, all these guys just get whatever they wanted on the offensive end. And then our, we just didn't really have anyone that took over. Siakam, to his credit, really kept us in this one, made some nice plays. I don't think he was perfect. He, has, he had some plays that really were bad looking where he had open layups and he just made poor decisions had a couple turnovers but overall I thought he had a really solid game and I'm not going to blame him for this loss with that final free throw but there is a thing and we're not going to blame it but we got to bring it up when it's happening but the Damari Carroll gold star we're giving it out early and there's a lot that we're wow. going to give to the Raptors but early early on in this one the Raptors um, I think it was maybe in the third, the second quarter, before the fourth quarter. Kyle Lowry, he was at the top of the free throw line, Riker, and the ref just gave him, they, they called a violation for one of the players at the top of the three-point line. They step in too early or something. I don't think in my, however long I've been watching basketball, however long I've been playing basketball, I don't think I've ever seen a referee call that on a player outside the three-point line. I've seen them call it for players inside the key. But on a free throw, those players outside the three-point line kind of do whatever they want. And that single point really became relevant down the stretch of this game. And then also that technical foul at the end. That's Half of that's going to Kyle Lowry because he's a veteran. He should know maybe certain refs are going to be more willing to tee you up. Maybe they're newer referees. So he's got to have a feel for that game. But still, there's no excuses for that technical being called at the end of this one. I'm not saying it's the reason we lost because when you put yourself in a hole that the Raptors put themselves in, you, you deserve to lose. You make a comeback and stuff. There There's a reason you lost that game. It's not just because of two calls, but definitely swung the momentum in this one, Riker. Ben, I'm at wit's end with Kyle Lowry. I'm at wit's end, and this is not me saying I want to trade him. This is me saying he's doing bad things that are not conducive to getting W's, Ben, and it's a different story altogether from when Pascal Siakam is having 
offensive struggles to begin the season. This to me, it's personality. He's just coming out there. He's, he's, he's just making it to me a more negative situation. And I get it. We don't have OG in this game. The lineups look a little bit different. We're playing Bembry down the stretch. We're playing Watanabe down the stretch. We're playing a lot of characters and I'm going to level, you know, referees we try not to bash on the referees too much because these this is their job they're trained professionals you know at the end of the day even if there's a big difference between fouls called for one team or the other you sort of have it within your team's ability to stay close in these games but i'm going to agree with you i'm going to agree with everybody in the comment section over the last couple of games the refing has been blatantly biased against the raptors and especially in the call that you just mentioned but you know is that the reason that the Raptors have lost as many games as they have this season? That's the reason that they can't beat a team like the Sacramento Kings. I don't know. And I, I think it's unfair to also put it all into Kyle Lowry, but Ben, I'm starting to look at different things to say the only difference between this team now and last year, the Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol. surely those two players don't turn this team from number two in the entire league to struggling to even get into the playoff picture, Ben. Yeah. And the thing about Kyle Lowry is he's a guy that makes winning plays. He's at a point in his career now where he's not going to be able to carry a team. He's not going to be your number one guy to night in, night out, just completely get you 21 points on high efficiency shooting, create for everyone, go up and down the court 24-7. And he, he honestly shouldn't be in that place as that type of player right now. But he is a guy, and the point that I would sort of combat you on is... Down the stretch of games, he's a guy that can turn the momentum around. When the Raptors need a bucket, he's a player that can really get things going for this roster. And I agree, Kyle Lowry is not going to be a player that's ideal for a losing situation. He's a competitor, he wants the most out of these players. Similar to thing with Chris Paul, those types of guys that demand their teammates to play well, and then they're not playing well, he's not necessarily going to be the most... joyful on the court happy jolly (laughs) so it's a it's a situation for Kyle Lowry that's tough and the thing about it is the Raptors aren't getting blown out in these games obviously they had a significant law or margin of deficit so for most of this game but most of their losses are within two four six points and they're within range and a lot of that is Kyle Lowry getting us out of slumps but Frustration builds up, and we've seen it now get thrown out of the last section of two of these games. So people are going to be asking, maybe it's a little bit too early right now, Are have your opinions changed maybe on the perspective of Kyle Lowry getting traded? I don't think either of us, you mentioned, don't think we should make it happen right now, but I've seen betting odds on players that the NBA sort of Vegas people think are going to get traded, and Lowry's one of those guys that are consistently at the top of that list. Really? Yep. Plus 300, I think, is the the betting margin. Who is he getting traded for? This is my issue because people love to overinflate potentially at times. I think that some of the trade scenarios are realistic, but they love to put Norman Powell's name in the mix for basically any player in the NBA. We do it the same. But Kyle Lowry, whose name is out there that Raptors fans would be comfortable in getting back in return? Now, you can make the argument... He's on an expiring contract. He's in his last year. It's a $30 million deal. He's old, and he hasn't been performing to the standards that Raptors fans would expect. So you could maybe even make the argument that if you trade him for any young piece, that's an improvement over what we have now. But I I don't know. I don't think his market value is really enough right now, given all of those factors, to get somebody back that would make trade worthwhile. 
Yeah, I'm not in the boat for trade Kyle Lowry, but the tankers, the fade for Cades are certainly going to be back after these three losses. Oh. And I feel like that's going to be one of the most liked comments in the comment section. But Lowry, I think you're underestimating maybe his trade value. He's a guy that's just two years removed from being an integral piece to an NBA championship. We saw what he did in the playoffs last year. Maybe a team like the Sixers who missed out on James Harden. Maybe one of those teams in the Western Conference that are fighting for those bottom seeds in the, the West, the Dallas Mavericks, and maybe not the Blazers because they got a loaded backcourt. But those level teams could look at Kyle Lowry and be like, short term, next two seasons, complement him with a few stars. That could really get us some value. And I could see the Raptors maybe pulling trigger on that if things continue to go south. I'm not in the boat tank uh, or anything like that, try and get rid of all of our talent right now and go all out in the, the tanking direction. But if this continues, and for the points you brought up, I, I wouldn't like to see it happen. I'm not pro-trade Lowry, but I think it's something we haven't heard much from Masai or Bobby Webster at all recently, but I could see it maybe the Raptors pulling trigger for Lowry gets frustrated and stuff, but we'll probably dive into that more over the next couple weeks. But... Pascal Siakam tonight, we talked about him a little bit at the start. You were disappointed in his finish, Riker, that free throw, but I was pretty impressed with most of this game. He looked really aggressive on most of his possessions. He was attacking Hassan Whiteside, uh, Rashard Holmes, whoever was down there. I thought he pretty, played a pretty solid game. Yeah, Hassan Whiteside was at one point the NBA blocks leader. He mm -hmm. was a feared rim protector. He's not really that anymore, obviously, being a backup center on the Sacramento Kings, but it looked good that he's attacking the basket. And yeah, I'm just talking about closing games because we've had two opportunities now to win games at the hands of Pascal Siakam and obviously let those two shots to win slip. And in this game, if he had to have made both of his free throws, it could have been an entirely different outcome. Now, I'm not going to put it completely on him. And when you put up, what was it, 31 points in a game, that's maybe he hit 32 points. That's maybe his best game technically, statistically, of the season, Ben. If he can put this into a stretch of games, then maybe he can get back to the level that we used to know him to be that can contribute to wins. When we have uh, you know, Norman Powell back into the lineup, when we have OG Ananobi back into the lineup, you know, this is the Pascal Siakam that we paid $120 million for, Ben. Yeah, I think this game is also a reflection on how important OG Ananobi is to this team. That hole on the wing position when he's not out there is is glaring at most times in this game, specifically on the defensive end, because the defensive well, end ben, was ben, a mess for us Harrison tonight. Barnes should not score 10 yeah. points more than his season average, 10% mm -hmm. better than his season average from, free th or from the field goal, uh, and 10 or 15% better from three. That shouldn't happen. Yep, and the big problem with this too is your main wing defenders, Utah and Stanley Johnson, those guys are guarding different players right now. We had Utah Watanabe on uh, Tyrese Halliburton, or Halliburton on the Sacramento Kings for a lot of this game, and Stanley Johnson was guarding bigger players. Aaron Baines, he's been out here, and we made the hat for him, and he went one for three from three tonight, but on the defensive end, despite his size, despite everything that's gone on, He's, he, you know, he's been improved on the offensive end, but defensively, he just does not fit our style of play. He's not a threat enough, because when we had Jonas Valanciunas, who wasn't really our defensive style, didn't have that same flair when him and Serge were sort of combining minutes and Bismack Biombo in the earlier days. The thing about Jonas is he was a bucket when he got that ball on the offensive end, but now Aaron Baines, he's by no means a bucket. We don't want him shooting that many threes, maybe the, the odd open one, but... He, he's just 
a mess on the defensive end. You kind of you brought up the point with Sergi Bach and Marcus All being lost. You really see that hole on the defensive. That's glaring when he's out there. And now we're trying to fill in those spots. It's fine when you have OG out there, and that's why we went on that little winning streak because we have the three of those players that can get in the wing. But now your better on-ball, uh, your better wing defenders are now guarding centers, now guarding point guards. It becomes a lot more of a mess, Riker. So I don't know. I I don't like Aaron Baines out there on the court. And one thing that we've been talking about the lineups and stuff. I know we're going a little bit long, but. Yuta Watanabe is a tall guy. He's a lot taller than Stanley out there, certainly Norman Powell, who you said is pretty small. And he had a remarkable game tonight. 12 points, 6 rebounds, remarkable hustle plays, 2 for 3 from the 3-point line, and was really leading the charge for the Raptors coming back in this one. So, maybe in a weird world, would you like to see Yuta come out there and start at center Riker with a front court of OG Siakam and him? He doesn't move very well on the defensive end. And I think he tries Ooh. hard. He's one of those guys that has something to prove. And one of our writers is about to come out with an article to say why he's a terrific defender. But just from the eye test for me, Ben, looking at him, whether it's against Halliburton, like you said, trying to defend a guard out of the perimeter, or if he's looking to come in and, you know, we saw that really big foul that he had. I think that that was a smart play on, who was it? Hassan Whiteside. Uh, Hassan Whiteside at the end to stop him from getting an easy layup. But when he had switchers down on the low block, to me, it's just he has the length. He has potentially the size. He just doesn't move well with good defensive IQ yet. And maybe that'll come from more time, more experience in the NBA. But right now, I would not be putting him into the starting lineup, Ben, because we would get absolutely decimated by any true big the same way that we can't put Boucher out against any legitimate big because they just get torn up by you know, true centers that know how to score on the block. But these big centers, regardless of they're out there or not, re regardless of who's on the floor, if Aaron Baines is on that court, we're getting killed in the pick and roll. That's the big thing. We're getting killed in the pick and roll possession after possession. I get the, the see, point, I'd and a lot of people are agreeing with you the small ball, right? But the, the small yeah. ball works for us. We saw it at the end of this game, and they had a Psalm Whiteside out there. Rashawn Holmes is pretty big, and I know they're not the, the biggest and brightest. Set. Well, they're big. They're not the greatest centers in the NBA, but that's really what led the comeback. And Utah was playing center in those lineups, Riker. So I, I know you're anti-small ball, and a lot of Raptors are, especially with I'm their not anti-small ball. Yeah. I'm anti-bad small ball, Ben. Utah yeah. Watanabe, he, he just doesn't have the defensive prowess. Like, you're watching him. He's crossing. His legs are crossing over See, all I the disagree. place. He's I not think able he's to been stay remarkable on defense. I don't know what you're talking about there. I thought he's been great on ball. I thought he's been moving well. And tonight, I thought he's watching him arm check Halliburton when he blows by. And again, he's a big he's guarding guard point guard there. But he's yeah. still able to stay with him. He had that length on him. And when Utah was on him, that's when the game changed. So I, I disagree with you about the versatility and stuff, maybe against the, the big teams like the Bucks and Sixers, but we're losing to the Sacramento Kings right now. We can't even be worried about the Bucks and Sixers at this point, and I'm, I'm just off the Baines bandwagon. I, I can't get back on it right now until he shows me he can guard the pick and roll, right? These guys have become unplayable and obviously shoot some threes. Right, so it's a it's a tough situation, but we're running wrong, long right now, Riker. So we're gonna swing it straight into the spicy P lay of the day. There was a there was that stretch in the fourth quarter where it was it was pretty positive, a lot of fun plays. Did anyone stick out to you, Riker? Oh, I'm passing <laughs> that back to you, Ben. I'm passing that question straight back to you. I don't know. There was a there was a three Lowry hit, one that I think Fred hit down the stretch. 
there, there wasn't big moments, but I'll just call that fourth quarter run an exciting sort of time in this game. I think Fred Steele and then kick ahead to Bembry was a, was maybe that one pinnacle moment where we thought, okay, we can win this game. But fortunately, the Raptors couldn't do it. So not a, and def, certainly not in the first three quarters, a lot of plays we could really get excited about. But not all plays can be the spicy play of the day. Some nights, not any plays can be the spicy play of the day. And some just make <laughs> you say, oh, geez. And tonight, there is a lot of OG's plays of the day. A couple couple come straight to my mind. Pascal Siakam had a great night tonight overall, but there was a couple possessions where one time he drove into the lane and he he looked like one of those memes that we used to make where we'd have Kyle Lowry floating sideways and you know, you just go in and you'd go flying straight. He looked like an airplane or something going going straight. He's trying to draw a foul. But then he ended up diving. It was like the Bargnani dunk, but except Siakam was trying to do a layup, trying to get the contact, and then he just open layup, bricked it off the glass. That was just a complete mess. I don't know what happened there. And then one possession, he came in, and Leo was saying he's trying to draw fouls and stuff, like not trying to shoot, just flailing in at times. And he drove in, and he kind of stopped, and he just threw it. I didn't know what was going on. It was... It was a weird play, but I have a theory, Riker. And I, I talked about Siakam right now for the OGs because he can't get the gold star because he had a, a remarkable game. But did r slash NBA, did Raptors Twitter, did NBA Instagram, did people bully Siakam into stop doing spin moves? I have not seen this guy do a spin move since, honestly, pre-bubble. I don't know what happened. I've only, I, against Milwaukee, I only saw him do spin moves. He's been doing, he's been doing the post up and then like semi spin. Like he still does that sort of post up and turn around. And yes, he had that meme of a, of a spin shot, but driving the lane and a quick spin that he used to do. I have not seen that like regular spin move that he used to sort of made his name off of early in his career since last season. I think the meme is that his dribble move package is post move package is only spins no up and unders you know yeah. it's a spin into a fadeaway and he's been doing that a lot but i could actually go back i don't know if you noticed it but it was like a it was a picture perfect fundamental up and under that fred van vliet had on yeah. hassan whiteside in the lane it was beautiful it was pump fake pulled it back up under classic finish so that would be maybe my spicy pile but i agree with you for all the ogs but ben the one basically, you know, we're giving the most love to this whole season long. It's very dramatic. It, it we're, we're saying them with vindiction. The Damari Carroll Gold Star Award for worst performance of the night. They've they're all with exclamation marks because the Raptors keep losing and keep disappointing us. Who are you giving it to this game, Ben? This game, well, we we talked about the refs early, but again, we're not blaming the loss on them. Kyle Lowry, I think, for a large part of this one, it was very messy. Baines, we, we talked about him last night, and then the meme became of it. But Boucher, I think, is a guy that got a lot of credit for his come-up. We waved Alex Len for because we said, okay, Boucher can step in now. Obviously, Alex Len wasn't giving us much either. But four points, three rebounds, four fouls for him tonight. And I get that they're a bigger team and all that sort of stuff, but... You'd like for him to have more consistency, and when he flashes that sort of ability on a on a long stretch of games, then you sort of give him that spot where, not necessarily the starting position, but the starter's minutes, the starter expectations, where you're closing games and stuff. He has just been in a little bit of a slump the last few games, and not in his threes, not just looking like the same sort of player. 
What are your thoughts on Boucher in these past few games? Because it, it looks not at the level he was at earlier in the season. Well, we knew that the level he was at was not yeah. sustainable. We were touting him as the, who was it? Steph Curry, Rudy <laughs> Gobert, because he had third most blocks in the league on mm-hmm. 80% less minutes. He had better three-point percentage than Steph Curry on four or five attempts per game. I think mm-hmm. it's more realistic that he would be in the 10 to 15 point per game sort of output just in terms of maybe one to two blocks, just in terms of what his skill set really would match up to. And, you know, same thing happened to Pascal Siakam. Once teams realized he's the first option, they watch a couple of tapes on him. They say, this is the classic things that he's going to do during a game. The defense gets his number. I think same thing would happen to Boucher. He's not going to come out and get five open threes a game because people don't expect him to shoot. That Chris Boucher is no more. He's, He's extinct, right? Now this the new Chris Boucher has to expect that the defense is going to be ready for him. So if he's, you know, now that they are, if he's going to consistently be a four-point-per-game guy, that sucks for the Raptors because we're going to have to look for options elsewhere, and there's really not very many. But I think it's just he's he's kind of played himself into a slump, and he needs to get out of it. Yeah, no, for sure. It's a, it's a bit of a mess, and I, I want to finally touch on Matt Thomas did get 11 minutes tonight. Didn't impress me that much, Riker. Hit a three, which was nice, but defensively, that's where we're sort of expecting him to step up. And unfortunately, he's still kind of pushing people on defense, not moving that well. Had two personal fouls in his 11 minutes. Still getting kind of bullied, not doing the rotations. From the eye test, not the best look for Matt Thomas on that end. Not being able to get his shot off has been a very tough struggle for him over the course of his career. Couple seconds, chop on Matt Thomas's play tonight. You said it, Ben. You said yeah. it. I don't need to add anything extra to that. Yeah, it's it's tough because we're all we all get excited when he hits a bunch of threes, and we want him to be Clay Thompson, JJ Redick, but he's just not there yet. He can't get open like those players right now. So disappointing game. Not something to absolutely get destroyed over because we didn't get blown out. We were able to fight back, but I'm still saying positive Riker. I'm still thinking we turn around, but I expect Masai Jerry to sort of tweak this roster. Use this as a retooling year, not a year to go into a tank mode, but let us know what you guys think. You're the best for Make This Fire. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all the cool stuff. Check out raptorsdigest.ca because we had a really uh, awesome article posted, one of our best ones I've read yet, so shout out Josh for writing that, really would. I'm going to shout that out at the beginning of next podcast because it's a really great read. Uh, The TikTok's coming back, so exciting stuff there. Riker's been mentioned it. We want, we realized likes actually really help out the channel and we don't really plug that that much, so probably stuff we should do earlier so subscribe like all that cool stuff have any last words ben if andre drummond gets bought out by the cavaliers and picked up on a minimum deal to the brooklyn nets when the raptors could make a move for him now given our current situation i'm gonna be mad mad i'm just putting that out right now we don't need to get into it i'm just saying it that's that's how i want to end this podcast ben ended off on a said note (laughs) (laughs) cheers